deep in London's beating heart lies a wall A locked door it be if you know the call For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see Cause the wizard world is opened up as has the Griffins Hello everyone and welcome to The Shrieking Shack This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for lapsed fans I am your host ZC And I'm Liz And Liz how are you feeling about our favorite film, the best film of 2018, the film that, we, you know, we, we, we didn't need to talk about it anymore, but we are, we will, we will continue to talk about it. How, how are you feeling about that at the moment? I, I've cooled on it. You know, and I, and I mean, like, I, ne- I never liked it. I don't mean to say that, like, right. I liked it and now don't like it, but rather I've, I've kind of made my peace. I feel like I'm at kind of acceptance levels. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of where I was at until I heard through the online grapevine of of Harry Potter news Mm -hmm. that the next one finally has a release date. Perfect. And as you might expect, it is coming out in an orderly fashion in 2020. Just kidding. They moved it to November 12th, 2021. (sighs) You know, this is one of those things as as one gets older sometimes it's time to leave childish things in the past and sadly sadly i was thinking about leaving fantastic beasts behind right around when i turned (laughs) the age of 31 uh so i'm sorry to say i'm sorry to say that i will not be able to see this film it's kind of like you know when you're you're growing up and you have to give away your your favorite stuffed animal or whatever it is it's like you got to move on you got to grow up Uh, i'm just going to be too damn old and i'm not going to see this movie so Hmm. I don't know. I don't know about that one. <laughs> I think I might be dragging you to this. I, I I feel like you know, even if you have to see it through a glass darkly, you yeah, will, you will have to see this film because well, it, it was worth a try. <laughs> I thought yeah. I, I thought I would yeah, try sorry. that one out. Sorry, you're not weaseling out of yeah, this one. Yeah. Uh. Uh. Yeah. The third the third film is coming out in 2021. I don't know where to start with this because this feels kind of big but but not in the sense that like this headline alone is big but more that like this feels like maybe the first really big uh 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 headline in the wake of like crimes of grindelwald's ripple effect Mm -hmm. of of just like being a bad film and like like we've you know we've been talking about this for a while you know what you know what does this do to Harry Potter as a as a franchise? What does this do to this film series specifically? What does this do to like J.K. Rowling's worth as a you know writer to WB and and whatnot? And and it feels like this is just like this is the first crack in the wall almost. And like I think we're going to be seeing some more headlines like this. Uh, yeah, that's a long time. That's a that's a long time. Nothing in 2019, 2020 or uh or 2021 until the very end of the year. That just seems like a drastic move. Uh I'll read the statement here from WB because it is very funny. We mm-hmm. are incredibly excited about and have confidence in the Fantastic <laughs> Beast series. That mm-hmm. thing that you do when you have confidence in something uh is is let everyone know. Hey. Yeah. We are very confident in this. Uh, says Toby Emmerich, Warner Bros. Picture Group's chairman, in a statement. Uh, we believe that this release date will give the filmmakers time and space to allow their artistry to truly flourish and deliver the best possible film to fans. Okay, what does this mean? 
because mm. that is so broad. Does that mean recasting? Because they're worried about the because, you know, last week we were reading about how they were internally very worried about the Johnny Depp stuff. Uh, is that rewriting? Is that compressing the films into three films into one like what's going on here yeah i mean i feel like best case scenario they're recasting johnny depp and they are uh getting more involved in the script writing right like extensive rewrites uh not quite letting jk rowling just have complete free reign over the story um kind of reining her in a bit um we'll see yeah Yeah, I I just, I'm, the thing that makes this so interesting is that they already announced a delay before this. Um, You know, they they pushed it from from like early 2020 to late 2020. Mm -hmm. Part of me wonders if they are just sort of doing a like slow, softened rollout of the bad news. Uh, I say that because the, uh, the the continued quote from WB here does say Fantastic Beasts 3 is part of a five part film franchise mm-hmm. set in a magical world made popular by J. And like, so they, they're hammering home. It is five films, but like, you know, they also hammered that in uh, last time they delayed it and said that it was coming out in 2020. So I just right. I'm, I'm really starting to feel like they might just be kind of giving us one piece of bad news at a time. Yeah, it's possible. It seems like a weird thing to draw attention to if that's the case, though. That's true. I'm just so fascinated by the fallout of this movie, like for WB and how it kind of feels like Harry Potter might not be the golden goose that they think it is anymore. It's it's kind of yeah, interesting. Yeah, on the one hand, uh, there is that. But on the other, I... I can imagine that they are really motivated to try to convert this into a way bigger golden goose than Mm. it would be just from a a five film series. I I guess like I'm just thinking back to some of the early Marvel movies that kind of flopped and they really kind of stuck with that one and look at where we are now. Right. Like I am sure that there is enough motivation to try to really make this into a a franchise yeah yeah i mean like it has god i mean i i this is a dark dark thing to say but like harry potter like wizarding world probably does have the potential to be like wb's marvel right just like they need good movies probably um and i'm not saying that i want it to be that kind of thing like i i don't know if i want a like endless wizard world cinematic universe but it is um it's really weird i just have a hard time not kind of drawing those the similarities Endgame came out last weekend yeah yep and i i just it's hard not to to notice like harry potter has a lot of those kind of puzzle pieces yeah uh, that the marvel cinematic universe does it's you know kind of a, a an alternate uh version of our world and all it's all superhero stuff anyway yes i've just got marvel on the brain yeah it's it's out of anything that any other studio has right now it's probably the closest one to like fitting into that style probably right they probably just need to (laughs) maybe make them more fun than crimes of grindelwald maybe don't make them about wizard i don't probably (laughs) i don't know make them fun to watch you know because they also have dc which like 
the the DC they're movies they they're trying. Apparently, they've been getting better, but it hasn't. I, I assume it has not delivered quite the way that they've hoped it would. So maybe maybe Harry is sort of like they're okay. We 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 can do. If we if we can't do the comic book movies as good as as good as Marvel, maybe we can do our own uh, some wizard movies or something. I just like uh, I that's such a Pandora's box to me. Like like that's such a monkey's paw. Like okay, I I would love for them to make a better wizard movie, but if that means that we become uh, a a wizard Marvel universe podcast uh, <laughs> for a decade, that's dark. That's a dark thing to think about. Actually, that would be fun. I'd do I'd do it, but it's it, but like those are I'm sorry to say I'm leaving childish things in the past about when I <laughs> no, turn, turn the age no, of 31. No, you 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 are excited to watch the new season of She-Ra. You cannot tell me you're leaving childish things behind. I am by the way, I am also very excited to see the new season of She-Ra. But uh, You're right, you're right. I've been called out. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna be streaming a Vampire Diaries game at some point. That is not childish. <laughs> That's real shit. That's real shit. But yeah, I just I I'm so curious what the time and space to allow their artistry to truly flourish means. Because <laughs> just 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 you know, there's so many other headlines building in the background. There's there's the Johnny Depp stuff and however that'll shake out. There's there's the movie not doing all that great in the first place. I don't know. I'm I'm very curious. So how do they how do they do it? What it what it here for us like other than Johnny Depp being recast? What's what is this like good Fantastic Beasts series looks like? We have like three more films. What do they have to do to convert this into fun movies? I'll, Unfortunately, I'll... they're centering around Wizard Hitler. Right. Um, so so assuming that so assuming they have to keep on following that plot line, like they're tied mm-hmm. to that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say that the, I think the main thing that would make me enjoy them more is if all that stuff sort of happened in the background and the movies were focused more on Newt rescuing some animals, you know, like, yeah. like the title implies. Right. Because he's, yeah. he's supposed to be working. The whole thing is that it's called Fantastic Beasts and it's supposed to be like him gathering all the this the stuff to write that book that's so important in the in the wizarding world i want to see that like like there's stuff that i like in these movies you know i love the the zoo in the first in the second one mm-hmm. i love all the the animal stuff the niffler chase and whatnot the all the heist stuff in the first one like there's yeah there's cute stuff here that they kind of bury with the with the war movie stuff it just doesn't work for me i really i know i'm really pushing this but i just think they need to to smash the glass and and uh, unleash baby dobby <laughs> that is i because we don't know how old dobby is unlike mcgonagall <laughs> who who we do have a rough age for and and and, and would you know kind of ruined uh some some previous character development by including mm-hmm. her in, in crimes of grindelwald if they had oh no i just remembered that it wouldn't be cute because we know that newt's commander was on the fucking house elf relocation <laughs> board or whatever damn it. and invented damn it. The, he invented the like registry for house elves according to you know the lore so that would be kind of a fucked up movie. 
That would be fucked up. Oh my god, can you imagine if they like they get halfway there and they like they <laughs> said that, so they're like, okay, everyone hates the wizard Hitler story. We need to center it around Newt and 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 the creatures more. And I'm like, yes, fuck yeah, thank you. Uh and and they say, okay, this is a movie about Newt working with house elves. And I'm like, cool Ooh. hell yeah the uh, house mm-hmm. elves are, i like the elves themselves you know I, I like i like those characters maybe not mm-hmm. the the broader locations of wizard society but right. this is how they fuck it up they make Uh-oh. it a movie about how only newt realizes that actually they love being in servitude damn it like, i i i on you know some some people some people like that um and- <laughs> And and Dobby, if if you want if you want to be an indentured servant or we'll, we'll buy gum, we're, we're gonna help you. He doesn't though. Dobby does not. That's true. Dobby doesn't. All the other ones do. He because Dobby's a weirdo. He's a yeah. he's a freak. He hates having to be a slave. Isn't that weird? But but just if they turn it into this fucked up story about how like everyone misinterprets the the house elves and only Newt is like actually. They kind of like it. Yeah, I mean that is his special power, right? Is is really understanding, really creatures. looking to into an animal's soul and and saying what they what they like. Sorry that I just called Dobby an animal. We're all He's animals. A, we're all. <laughs> yeah, I just I I don't know. Like they're the problem is they are so like the 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 war story thing really is a millstone for this franchise like they can't get away from that thing can i just remind you that there's a half elf in crimes of grindelwald oh there sure is huh yeah there sure is that's a i don't know what the implications of that could be no here's the thing i know exactly what the implications Mm, of that are there's just no way to know and and it's and that's why i hate it (laughs) <sighs> yeah so so it's 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 interesting i i just feel like unless they get unless they they get somehow get the um the go-ahead to just do a completely clean break like a soft reboot or whatever and just say you know what fuck it uh this next fantastic beasts movie is just going to be something completely different which i, I doubt is going to happen but like i i just i i can't see them steering this franchise even if you brought in like the best screenwriters in the world to help jk rowling with it steering it away from at least mildly uncomfortable you know yeah i was going to say they could really go with more of a kind of star wars style uh, like cartoon villain thing but we had we've kind of uh already gone too far with Grindelwald yeah. showing <laughs> showing World War II through They've his skull bong. They already invoked the Holocaust. You cannot walk that back. Like like the the you know unless the other way to do it that I'm actually this is this is the one way maybe this is the one true path to salvaging this thing. Um remember when we did our movie predictions episode and mm-hmm. we were discussing a version of this where this was more like something like Hellboy or Wolfenstein. Oh hell where, yeah! Right, where it becomes more of like a like a badass, slightly tongue in cheek World War II like occult thing. 
that could maybe save this. Ah, uh, that would be so cool. Like they they lean they lean they 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 lean further into the the like uncomfortable like Nazi imagery with the bad guy, and then just make it like a cool thing where like you know Dumbledore and 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 Newt or whatever are just like mowing down wizard Nazis <laughs> uh, while cool music plays. That could that could maybe work. Wizard Wolfenstein, I'm kind of on board for. Yeah, I'm into it. Um, here's an idea. Um, and and granted, it's not the greatest idea because it still cuts Johnny Depp a paycheck. But what if mm. they kill him in the first ten minutes of the next movie? Okay, yeah, sure. Like, <laughs> what? Well, okay. There is there are all those people who have been theorizing that um, the McGonagall thing is because it's an alternate timeline. Mm-hmm. which cannot which 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 uh, to be clear i don't think that's true that cannot work that makes no sense but what if that's their that's their escape route here <laughs> is that this is that they kill grindelwald and it turns out okay this is a this is a total this is just a this is this is the wizarding world but it's like wizarding world alpha and it's a different wizarding world than the one we know uh it's in a parallel dimension it's like that could maybe work i'll take it Sure, I'll if it gets rid of Johnny Depp, I'll take it, right? Yeah, it's too bad that we I mean, I guess not really. I was going to say that the way we know time travel works in Prisoner of Azkaban doesn't jive with that. That's true. Yeah, there's only one But I feel like there was some other reason I don't know. I I feel like there was a alternate dimensions being like separate from the time turner, but maybe I made that up maybe that i mean maybe oh what if what if that's what happened okay i have an idea hmm uh so so the the, it plays out kind of like you say like like the first 10 minutes of the movie there's like a big action sequence in, in in grindelwald's castle uh all of a sudden the you know the unexpected happens grindelwald dies everyone in the <laughs> audience is like wait a minute that doesn't make any sense Mm-hmm. that's not the story i know and love there's a curtain in grindelwald's room <gasps> suddenly Sirius black falls backwards out oh of the, shit out of the curtain and it turns out that the the wizarding world that we've been seeing in these movies is beyond the veil from the universe oh, that we fuck. know wait that's so cool yeah huh and, and then everyone we get loves Sirius, Sirius. and then we get Sirius black in a time traveling uh 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 like alternate universe mystery we're gonna have to edit this out so we can send this email to wb stat <laughs> like hey we have we have this idea we got it make, we got it holy shit we got it <laughs> boom so speaking of serious black oh my god mm, i set myself up for such a I, i'm just gonna save this one mwah, mwah, yeah, mwah. yeah what mm. a good transition here uh, speaking of Sirius Black, it is the anniversary of the Battle of Hogwarts, which is when J.K. Rowling traditionally makes a public apology, you know, kind of a tongue-in-cheek one, about uh, a death that she wrote in the series. Yeah, what are the ones we've had so far? We've got Fred, um, We have Fred, Dobby. Hedwig, Dobby, Snape. Uh, Snape, yep. And uh, Sirius. Uh, last year's was Dobby. Um, and this year question mark because she is not on twitter uh i actually have her page open and her website as well just in case she's not making it on twitter 
but like jk rowling is missing she's a wall from online mm-hmm. yeah this has been a tradition i i believe we covered this a year ago right yeah we a did a year ago this... today yeah a year ago today we would have been talking about the uh the dobby um apology because it I don't was know very if we, funny we fully came into our love of dobby at that time no, I think we had maybe we would have like just been starting Chamber at that point. Would have I just think. started to love Dobby. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so so it was kind of gestating at that point. But now <laughs> I just it is so funny, you know, speaking about her 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 absence and like the uh the, the kind of strange fallout from this bad movie, uh kind of having this ripple effect. I'm now fully convinced that she's just like not allowed online by her handler or something right like her assistant is just like i have your phone you are not allowed on twitter the movie was bad you are like you no longer have like good movie armor right like you don't you're not protected uh by like stewarding a beloved franchise now you can't just be saying turfy bullshit uh on on twitter all the damn time yeah i i wonder like, I think that that is a distinct possibility. The other one that I guess is a little bit sadder, if I was sad for her, is like, like trying to figure out if this really is the first time that there has been just this huge swing in public opinion, right? I mean, there were a few <laughs> days there where she was just trending because people were making fun of her. Yeah, which, <laughs> I mean, I almost feel bad about it. And like, I think that ultimately that that meme sucked and, and and just was you know it was like the same joke told some eight some low-hanging fruit for sure uh but but i i'm just uh, like it, it was a hard swing like you said like like she jk rowling was like one of the twitter people like mm-hmm. she has m- like million and a half more than that followers she posts a lot all the time uh like every week there would be an article about like jk rowling's epic response to donald trump and then she just is gone because the movie's bad and people were making fun of it and and i'm just so fascinated by i i want to know which thing it was that was like you know maybe, maybe there was no single tweet of hers that like got her assistant to like walk in there and take her phone out of her hand or change the router password or whatever but I'd I'd like to think it was the one where she just said that income inequality didn't exist. Like that is just like maybe the funniest thing that I've ever seen. Uh, I'm just thinking of all those greatest hits right before she left, and I still am having a hard time believing that thread that I believe was posted on your birthday. It was. It was a birthday that, present for me. That was the night before Christmas Jeremy Corbin <laughs> fan fiction. <laughs> Well, it's it's yeah, it wasn't even like it was a like a slow retreat from from the Internet. It was just <laughs> like like she was she was fully posting. She was online and then just was not uh, all of a sudden gone. That was gone a wild thing to post. That was just I'm, <laughs> top I'm, to bottom. One of the weirdest 
just phase. you know I, I you know whenever whenever i i think back about like damn i had a great birthday last year i got you know you 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 got me this this wonderful mechanical keyboard that is sitting mm. in front of me right now mm-hmm. uh, and jk rowling wrote me a whole uh parody of the night before christmas but with jeremy corbyn instead just <laughs> just beautiful gifts from all of my friends Fuck. how do you go from that to not posting like i don't get it a big part of my brand is that i don't post um mm-hmm. i'm trying to work that into my brand so it's like a cool mysterious thing the thing is is when the way you've kind of you know uh, cultivated your posting brand is that you you don't post very often so mm-hmm. whenever you do it's like a nice treat for everyone right and everyone gets a push notification yeah like hey Liz from the Shriekcast just made a funny post. Just, just made a post. Yeah, but but JK Rowling, like, that's like a, a volume of posting that I can't even dream of. You know, and like, I don't even like, mean, like, there are people that post as much as her, but but the tweet thread, the, the night before Christmas tweet thread, oh my god, how is she gone? <laughs> yeah, how can you, you can't just leave after that. You, like, you, <laughs> it's like, it's like, you know, you know, you know, in like mafia movies when someone like does a, they do one last job and then they're like, I'm out. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work like that. You know, it never works out like that for them. They, you know, they get pulled back in because right. that's just how the game works. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, JK, you, you know, no one does one last big score. No one does one last big thread and then just leaves Twitter. <laughs> you, you know, that's not how the game works. You will. They will suck you back in. Uh, and and uh, and I, I, I cannot wait for her to return because I more than anything, I just feel like there are so many so many like news things have come and gone that I desperately want to read J.K. Rowling's terrible take on. Yeah, the just like it's it's such a bummer it's such there, a bummer there was that other big i mean big ish news thing or maybe it was just a rumor that she was getting involved in politics and that was around the time that she left as well she was getting involved in politics not only that but then the per- the person who was leading that like party that she was rumored to be involved with said something racist on tv two hours after they announced the party like whoopsie i can't imagine all the posts were missing like like we <laughs> god we are we are truly being denied such delights yeah and now today we don't get our our death apology i guess it still could come i'm not mm, sure what time it is in scotland yeah, right now it's gonna be like 8 p.m or so i think i don't know maybe she maybe she'll settle down with like a glass of wine like an yeah. evening glass of wine and nightcap and write the apology but I don't know. I, I just I think it's not going to happen this year. I said well, earlier I, I I I was just spitballing and said Jake has a million and a half followers. She has fourteen point seven million followers. By the way, <sighs> I was very wrong. I was on that one. Yeah, she's just. Let's just do you know we we need to get to our reading, but let's just do one last check here. JKRowling.com. Maybe she put it there. Nope. Nothing <laughs> new. JK, where's where is it? Where do you have it? a I kind of I mean I guess we could do it. Just just putting that out there. Like we You're could right. apologize on, for give, a death. Give, yeah, give give me give me a minute here. Just give me a second. He- Hello everyone. It's JK. It's JK <laughs> Rowling. I'm I'm calling in from Scotland. Uh uh it's the anniversary of of uh, the Battle of Hogwarts. <laughs> and <laughs> 
And uh, as as you all know, I I do an apology each year for for a character I killed off. Uh, th- this year, I I would like I would like to apologize for the death of Cedric Diggory <laughs> because he uh, was portrayed by a lovely actor named. I can't remember his name. Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson, thank you. <laughs> and he was quite a box office draw in the Twilight films. And I'm I'm very <laughs> sad that we didn't lock him down for more films uh uh in, in the in the Harry Potter series. Because I, I feel like he could have been a wonderful addition to to the main the main cast of characters. Uh and and also made us quite a bit of money so that's my apology for this year i'm very busy writing my new screenplay uh uh about how grindelwald was actually jeremy corbyn thank you everyone and have have a good night Wow, J.K. Rowling, thank you so much for calling in. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. Wow, wow I'm I've, so... got, I've got tears in my eyes. That was wonderful. <laughs> oh my god! And and if anyone, if anyone is going to be asking me uh, if 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 we are doing a reboot of the films, I will be sending a sniper. Oh no! Well, thanks. Thanks for warning us. Uh, yeah, no, don't. Please don't reply to her. Yeah, no replies. Do not at her. Yeah, uh, she's yeah, very busy not. working on this new film. Mm-hmm. Well, that was lovely. Thank you, J.K. Rowling, for calling in to <laughs> to give your 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 annual apology. Uh, Some powerful uh, stuff. I'm really glad that we could debut that here on the Shrieking Check. It's too bad she can't stay with us to talk about our reading for this week. Yeah, that would be really incredible, but we'll have to go it alone. Uh, This week we read chapter 16, which is called In the Hog's Head. Two weeks have gone by since our last reading. Harry has finished up his detentions with Umbridge, uh, but damn, he's going to have probably a scar from that. Uh, And Ron has been... Uh, we've been we catch up with with Ron, who's been doing a little bit better at Quidditch practice. Uh, he was having some some rough ones out there, but the last two practices he's been doing a bit better. Hermione, you know, two weeks have gone by, and she very tentatively brings up making that defense club that she had been talking about to Harry. Um, and Harry has been kind of thinking about it the whole time, and he's kind of coming around to the idea. Uh, Her- Hermione also kind of drops that uh, Victor Crumb had told her that he thought that Harry was very good at defense against the dark arts and knew a lot of spells that he he didn't even know being a uh, seventh year student. Hermione suggests once once she finds out that Harry is kind of on board with the idea that they'll meet with some people at uh, the Hogs, the upcoming Hogsmeade weekend. Uh, we also find out that Harry is still kind of worried about Sirius after the whole thing. He hasn't talked to him uh, since Sirius said that, uh, got mad because Harry didn't want to meet with him at Hogsmeade. Hermione kind of tries to, um, tell Harry that Sirius won't do anything foolish, but Harry isn't very convinced. Um, 
it's the Hogsmeade weekend, uh, and they go to the Hogshead, which is the kind of the kind of rundown bar, the 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 one that the townies go to, not the nice uh, three broomsticks. Uh, and they're going there so that they don't get overheard by other students. Uh, there is also a little bit of a clue that I'm actually not sure is relevant, but Hermione is interested in why Filch would be interested in Harry trying to buy dung bombs. It was last week that uh, Filch kind of intercepted him in the Owlry and accused him of that. But Hermione seems to think that that's a little weird. Um, the man at the bar looks familiar to Harry. And the bar smells like goats. Can't imagine what that could be about. Uh, we also see fire whiskey for the first time, I think, in this chapter. Um, some of the patrons are drinking it. Um, a bunch of people show up for uh, the, the meeting, and Harry's a little taken aback. He didn't quite realize that it would be such a large showing. He thought it would just be a couple people. Um, I don't know if I got all of them in this list. Uh, but it should be good enough. It's uh, Luna, Cho Chang, Cho's at this point unnamed friend, Michael Corner, uh, Zachariah Smith, Ginny, Fred, George, Neville, the Patil twins, uh, Hannah Abbott, Ernie McMillan, and maybe like a couple other Hufflepuffs. Um, Hermione gives a little speech. Um, and she's a little bit nervous, but she kind of starts out as like, we need to learn defense against the dark arts. We are not learning it in in class uh, because of horrible, horrible umbrage. Um, but at the end of her speech, she's like, we also need to learn it because Voldemort is back. Um, Zachariah Smith kind of steps up to challenge Harry on that um, and says, you know, how do, how, do we, how do we know you're telling the truth? Like, are you just trying to get attention? Um, Harry kind of has a bit of a, a speech in return that basically is saying, like, if you're just here to gossip and hear about Voldemort or hear about me watching Cedric die, then you can leave because that's not what this is for. Um, but it's then that um, Susan Bones, who is also there, who I did not mention, um, <laughs> kind of jumps in and asks Harry if it's true that he can produce a Patronus. Um, everyone is impressed by that. Uh, and they all start going around and basically taking turns talking about all the cool stuff that Harry's done over the past few books um, and asking if it's true that he has done that stuff. And he like, gets a little flustered and he's like, yeah, well, that's true, on and on. Um, so it's kind of settled and they decide that they are going to start this club. Um, so they try to figure out the logistics of when they'll meet. Um, and it's kind of like a, a goofy scene where they just try to figure out how to make their schedules all work together. Now, Luna gets off track um, by saying that um, they should start this group. And, uh, and of course, um, Fudge would think that Dumbledore is trying to make a private army because Fudge himself has a private army of heliopaths. Um, Hermione cuts in and says, no, those aren't real. That's not true. Um, and then it is kind of Ginny to the rescue in that little argument by interrupting and getting back on track. When are we going to meet? Hermione said they'll get in touch with them and like figure out scheduling, um, but that she's going to have everyone sign a form. And it's kind of a moment of, you know, this is serious. Um, it feels more like a contract sort of situation, uh, but they all are kind of solemn and all sign it. Uh, at the end of the chapter, we do find out that Ron, or rather, 
Ron finds out that Ginny is dating Michael Corner, and that's why Mark Michael Corner is there. Ron gets mad. Um, Harry has a realization that the reason that Ginny is talking now to him is because she doesn't like him anymore. She doesn't have a crush on him because he she's she's moved on. Um, but he is too into Cho Chang to care. That's the end of the chapter. Hmm. So this is maybe the most concise chapter we've read in this book so far. Um, I almost feel like we could have done two this week, but I'm I'm glad we didn't because there are a lot of fun little details in this chapter mm-hmm. that I, I kind of want to touch on. But before we get to those, I just want to talk about how weird and sad it is that Harry has terrorized his friends so badly that they are like flinching when he raises his voice because they're scared he's going to yell at them in this like opening sequence. It's pretty messed up. It's so sad. Find so find a better friend, at least until he's, he's stopped yelling at you. Why is he such a jerk? Yeah, I, I know that this book, a lot of people don't like it. And they're like, Harry is mean and horrible and moody and depressed and it's miserable to read. And then oftentimes the like counter to that is like, oh, he's mean because he has the Horcrux. So is he just going to be like this for the rest of the books? Yeah, I don't know. I read and I, I just happened to like stumble across an excerpt from book seven today, like while I was doing some research on some other stuff. And it featured Ron being a fucking giant asshole, too. <laughs> So, like, these characters just hate each other. That's the conclusion I've come to, is that, unfortunately, the Golden Trio, the one that we love so much, I think they might actually just all hate each other. I was on the Uh, subreddit. I mean, I always am. I'm always on the Harry Potter subreddit. And it's, of course, discussion week. And I went down this rabbit hole because I was reading... I think that the question on the Reddit was, like, when Harry, Ron, and Hermione are camping, they fish up a pike or something why did hermione not just summon a salmon a fish that tastes better which on its face is a hilarious question but two i read like the excerpt from that part and it just sounds miserable i'm just like this is ron being a fucking so it's so horrible to read yeah that's the that's the the passage i'm talking about is is like ron just like bitching at hermione that's like oh my mom's cooking is better or whatever like okay well fuck you then buddy like like these characters are just so miserable maybe the whole thing with that is that ron is carrying around a different horcrux so i don't know if that's just the story of the rest of these books is that characters are are touching dark artifacts and are becoming assholes because of it but harry should have been harry should have been an asshole the whole time yeah, yeah, Harry, he's always been the Horcrux. I guess maybe now that Voldemort's back. That's uh, fine, but it's not that that stopped the diary. That's true, yeah. Yeah, this, the diary didn't make him irritable or anything. It's all a mess. And like, I and I, I think above all else, like, like regardless of whether or not it's like internally consistent, it's just not fun to read. Like, like this, this opening paragraph, it's actually like the, the opening of this chapter. I, I think the paragraph that like sets the scene is lovely. It like, it's like we get like an entire chapter's worth of like school happenings in one little paragraph. Mm-hmm. And I really like it. 
um, you know, describes what they've been up to with their homework and like how their practices are still kind of wonky because Ron's still not great at like it's just like a really nice scene setter. And then we like, ah, and here we are in the common room and our, our three <laughs> heroes are, are sitting around and and Ron asks Harry a question and, and Harry snaps at him and Hermione starts trembling because she's worried that he's going to yell at her. And I'm like, I hate this. <laughs> like, come on, be nice, please. Yeah, it just feels like a bummer. I really, um, I enjoy mean characters. This has sure. none of the fun. Right. Like, I, I, I don't. I don't really get what it's going for exactly. No, it's 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 just sort of a bummer to read and makes me sympathize with the hero less. And like, it's 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 tough, right? Because there are parts of this book where I think I like I I, I was thinking about how much I enjoyed the first two chapters of this book recently, um, where like Harry was just as moody, but it was like all internalized really well, and it was mm-hmm. like like we got a really good vivid picture of like his inner life at the moment and like where he is uh and that was so good um and this i i i it might even be a case of like because i know that this is just how the books are going to be now that the characters are all going to be feuding with each other in one way or another like i i just like I know that Ron and Harry split up again in the next book. I know that Ron and Hermione are fighting and then Ron and Harry fight again in book seven. Like it's just, it's just (laughs) going to be endless at this point is that there's always going to be one character in the rotation who is feuding with one or two of the other ones. And like that can be fun, I guess in other stories, but like here it's just kind of a drag. Yeah. It's a slog. I'm just looking kind of down at these first few pages and like Harry's being mean to both of them so much so that they're scared to talk to him. Hermione cries every time she talks to him. And then there's this part where Hermione brings up Victor Crumb and Ron just cuts in to say like, Oh, Vicky, like, yeah, it's just miserable. Yeah. It's so, it's so acerbic. It's, it's, it's very, very unpleasant to read. Um, I also had a laugh at this part because uh, this is the first chapter since uh, Hermione was arguing with Fred and George about the ad for the uh, 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 testing, the food testing. Mm-hmm. The, the, the book has remembered that they're prefects. Like, like there's this part, and it's like as an aside, it's like in bra- in parentheses, it's like. Uh, Ron and Hermione both had uh, uh, prefect duties as well. Like just like kind of <laughs> kind of off to the side. Like oh, by the way, I still I still know that they're prefects. It's just very. Um, uh, I don't know. It's 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 unpleasant. It's a bummer, and like not in a fun way. Where like it'd be one thing if like may, it, maybe it would be better if all these characters were like at least verbally sparring with each other. And like all being shitty teens to each other, but it was really one-sided, like against Hermione at the moment. Yeah, there's even kind of a fun spin you could you could put on it. Like I think there are a lot of directions, but this book just seems unsure of what it's trying to really do or what mood it's trying to capture. Because I don't think it's this one. No. Um, but I like I I, I still I enjoy the um 
the the stuff in here about harry considering whether or not to do this teaching thing like i think that the actual plot here like 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 here i am praising the plot of order of the phoenix i do like this this part of the plot this like harry can weighing whether or not this is something he wants to do you know it it irritating him but also him feeling that it's important like like there there's an interesting choice to be had here it's 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 something how are you feeling about this i guess like transition into the book wanting us to think that harry is really good at defense against the dark arts oh very stupid very bad <laughs> uh stupid bad uh uh, uh completely out of nowhere um it will be one thing if uh like it'd be one thing you know if if this was a case where like because because this is in some ways going to be a like hubris story and like biting off more than the characters can choose story um but like i feel like lupin really maybe overinflated to harry how good he was at magic right um and if that like played into the story like we talked about it last week like he made a fucking obstacle course for his final right like <laughs> like it it wasn't it's not like a rigorous academic course or anything um and harry's 15 uh and and knows two spells he knows expelliarmus and he can do a patronus the patronus thing is interesting uh and if this was a story about him specifically teaching everyone patronuses because there were like dementors in the hallway that would be one thing but this this is a stretch i think yeah the patronus thing is also weird because i think that that's kind of the most obvious example of something that has at least been established as wow that's really impressive but the course of the story takes i'm pretty sure that harry teaches all of these other like every named main character gets to figure out their patronus like i think cho chang has a patronus and it's like a swan or whatever and i it, it has more of the impression of like it's not really impressive it's just like if you work if you have like private tutoring on how <laughs> right. to do it for long enough you can do it right i there there's almost a sense the patronus thing is something that kind of bothers me in the same way that like the star wars prequels do where like oh you thought lightsabers were cool well good news in the prequels there's a big battle where there are 50 guys with lightsabers <laughs> you know like like and and the patronus thing kind of feels like because it was it's very the patronus is so personal uh, -huh. uh and like a like a integral to this like story about harry learning to overcome his like depression and trauma mm -hmm. and then it turns into like oh yeah everyone can everyone can just uh it's it's a it's you have a you have a laser animal deep inside you that if someone holds your arm and says no swing your wand this way a few times to you you'll be able to do it too and it like doesn't it just doesn't have the same weight to me uh when other characters do it yeah just i agree it's with that so yeah, it doesn't really do anything for me when it's like, oh, I can't remember. So is it Hermione? Is this like an otter or something? And I'm like, what is that in there for? Right. Like this, the stag is is more than it's just like a cool animal. Right. Like like it's a it's it's a deeply personal symbol to Harry because it's it was the animal his dad could turn into. 
Like what what are the what 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 are does everyone have like a deeply personal animal story? Uh, <laughs> like 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 oh well mine's an otter because when I was a kid I dropped my ice cream off a bridge and then an otter caught it and ran it back up to me and that's why I'm not depressed. <laughs> like like what what could possibly make that make sense for every single character? My Patronus is a shark. Oh yeah, what's well, what, well, let's let's brainstorm this. What uh, what what, well, what did the shark do in your childhood? You know, I was I was swimming in the ocean, and there was a shark chasing me, and it was going to kill me. So I used the torture spell on it, um, <laughs> and it became this big Supreme Court case, uh, whether that was okay or not. <laughs> fuck oh my god yeah it's it's like i said it's just like a a weird thing to just like oh well this this cool thing from my book what if there were infinite ones it's just kind of a kind of a bummer i guess but uh but i I think i still would have preferred at least a patrona specific story to this idea that harry is a good teacher who who is good at magic there's this part right at the beginning of the chapter where hermione is is bringing up the the club again tentatively hoping that harry is not gonna i don't know scream scream at her and he's like i've been thinking about it this whole time and quote found himself thinking about the spells that had served him best in his various encounters with dark creatures and death eaters and i laughed out loud when i read that line (laughs) what what spells harry yeah yeah, expelliarmus uh uh, i i guess what was the one he did in in uh oh no it wasn't even a spell he took a step forward when he went upside down in the maze yeah yeah I, I don't. I don't really care. Like that line is cute, especially if this is a tale about hubris, right? But I, yeah. But I did laugh. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. That's, that's stuff, that stuff is. It's hard to swallow. I think for me, um, especially when it just feels like there are so many other ways that this could work. I guess, but that's kind of going to be a running theme of this book. I think. Um, uh, I guess really they just go to hogsmeade next right like that's yeah i have another dumb thing though oh yeah because i feel like i'm going crazy has hermione really not been saying voldemort's name this whole time i feel like Uh, i'm losing it i could have sworn in the first book she would she was saying it because she's muggle-born and doesn't have the history with it i thought so too and but it seems like such an obvious error that if that was the case, it would be pointed out every day on the subreddit yeah. or somewhere. And yeah. I've never seen it. It just seems so weird. It feels like Hermione and Ron should be reversed. Yeah, I. Hmm. I I, I don't know. Uh, truthfully, I don't have the answer to that because I I I could have sworn that she she had at least had said it and had to have it explained to her in the first book. But I could be completely fabricating that. Every time she says his name here, it like it stylizes it like she's stuttering. It it does the yeah. V dash Voldemort thing, and I just honestly can't figure out why. I mean, talking about defending ourselves against the Voldemort. Oh, don't be pathetic, Ron. Like, yeah, it's, it's like she's working to overcome something. Oh, okay. You know, I've I've just looked this up, and 
this is, I think, a case of us getting the movies and the books mixed up. Darn it. Movie- okay. Uh, I was watching The Sorcerer's Stone and noticed Hermione says Voldemort's name during the entire movie. Yet if you read the book, she's the first time she ever says it is in the Order of the Phoenix when they are forming the, uh, the DA and she is trying to explain to Harry why they need him. And then there's her, uh, a response here. This is correct. Yes, they leave that part out of the Order of the Phoenix movie precisely for this reason. Hmm. So there we go. That's very. I don't like it because I don't I don't like that. That's her thing in order of the phoenix i mean what we're reading yeah. now it doesn't make sense to me I, I mean his character has changed a lot but i'm still a little bit holding on to early ron where he's a really loyal person and is at least somewhat willing to like move outside of his comfort zone and sacrifice his own comfort for like supporting his friends and things like that where he yeah. is overcoming a history of feeling like that's a bad thing to say and is like stuttering it out. And Hermione on the other hand is entering into this world and she likes to stick with conventions, right? She's trying to, to blend in with wizards and witches Mm -hmm. as much and could be like, no, we're not supposed to say that. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. It's it, 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 I think it fits the characters more to flip it around really. Yeah. Anyway, that's, that's, a hu- that's a huge nitpick. It just bothers me every time it comes up. Yeah, and I, I think it's valid. It's weird. It's a, it's, it's a weird choice, I think. Next, they go to Hogsmeade. So what is the deal with this filch thing? No idea. I have no, no clue. <laughs> this must pay off later. I think that filch does end up ending up in league with Umbridge. So I'm not sure if that's just all it is. They just devote so much time to it, especially because Hermione stops talking for the entire walk to Hogsmeade. She's thinking, thinking about, about it. it. We don't get she's to hear really what she's thinking, thinking about, about but God, if only we know we she's could. thinking. Yeah, um, I really love the Hogshead. Uh, like just me too. as a setting, me too. It's so good. The like like just the vivid description of like the physicality of it. I love that the there's like a line about like the uh you know thinking that it had a carpet but it was actually stone underneath ancient grime or whatever <laughs> like that's such a vivid vivid picture i love the description of the patrons they're like the i i love the dementors with yorkshire accents thing <laughs> yeah uh and uh and like the the spooky witch in the in the corner wearing a long black veil uh there's some also some of the stuff in this uh has we'll, I'll, we'll get to the specifics when we're talking about the actual conversations but i love that this chapter has so many of the classic th- this is like peak jk rowling um uh like mystery misdirection stuff here mm-hmm. uh with the way that certain clues and red herrings are planted i do i do quite enjoy a lot of this stuff even the aberforth thing which I think is a dumb reveal when it happens in book six, but I will say I, I, this is the first time I'd noticed this that like, Oh, the, Oh, Harry thinks he's, he recognizes this guy. Yeah. That's pretty cute. It's, it's, it's something at least I, I had always hated the Aberforth reveal because it just felt like it came out of nowhere, but I will, I will give credit where credit is due. It is, it is foreshadowed here. Can you refresh my memory? What Aberforth, like what he does in the story at all? 
in book six, uh, this there is an escape tunnel either from Hogwarts or from the weird uh, cave where they where they make Dumbledore drink the goo mm, mm-hmm. uh, that takes them to the um, hog's head and they hide in his basement while some Death Eaters are looking for them. Right. Or something. Okay. Something like that. I, I I just remember it's like an escape tunnel that like appears in the hog's head or that ends in the hog's head rather. Interesting. Yeah, I, I got to the part with Aberforth foreshadowed here, but I, I have such such a no no memory about him at all. Yeah, no, me too. It's he's a very kind of nothing character, uh, aside from the the running joke that he loves to fuck goats or something, which is very strange. I'm I don't know about that one. Kind of. It's a weird one. There's a lot of good fandom discourse about it, though. There's a lot of fandom discourse about. It. Well, also, it, it it is. God, you remember there's that interview where like there's the like it's like the girl at the at the the talk that asks J.K. Rowling about what what it means. And she and yeah, JK, she asks like, "How old are you?" Yeah, how old? Are you? Yeah, that's like her response. Was, so like that's clearly the implication. Uh, no wonder Aberforth hates Dumbledore. If that's his whole like, ah, oh, my oh, I love my brother. He loves to fuck goats. Ha ha. He's so stupid. <laughs> that's I mean, that's cool. the Dumbledore I know and love. Thanks, Dumbledore. You think we'll see Aberforth in the Fantastic Beast movies? And you'll see a goat, and you'll say, "Oh, that's a Fantastic Beast." And, and Newt says, "Hang on, hang on, get away mm-hmm. from there." <laughs> Jude, Jude Law told me. That you might you might try and fuck me goat. <laughs> we get away get away from there. Oh my god, we have to see Aberforth, right? This is a it's a whole Dumbledore series. Yeah, who plays Aberforth in the movies? Is who plays Jude Law's brother? Do you think they get they just it's Jude Law, but like like CG'd in? Like there's two Jude Laws. I hope so. Or do they get or do they get like who would they get? Fuck, there's so many so many options here. But yeah, I, I guess I guess that's obvious that we will will eventually see him. That's that's something to look forward to, I guess. I guess. Sort of. <laughs> I guess. Aberforth, everyone's favorite character. Woo! But yeah, I, I like I like the the hog's head. Um and I like Ron immediately going, Oh, this place looks shady. I bet I could order whiskey here. Like that's kind of cute. It's funny. <laughs> We we sound so um, down on our luck. This book. <laughs> well, okay. Let me let me tell you something. <laughs> I I I have J.K.'s Twitter open. Uh-huh. Uh huh. To, to just in case we get a breaking news thing and she tweets out the apology. But I have this like very big smiling picture of J.K. that I'm sort of like <laughs> talking to. Oh no! Just because she's on my monitor and it's like hard to not look at like look at someone's face. And so I feel like I'm almost articulating these criticisms directly to her. And she's sort of like slightly smiling like, yeah, you're right. This book does kind of suck, huh? That's a bummer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No, no, I, I, the Aberforth stuff is whatever. I do think this chapter is fairly cute. The, I like this meeting thing, even if, hmm. I don't, even I don't if know I'm not any of these sold. characters yeah that's the part that makes it very funny the list of characters is hilarious i think i missed missed a paragraph 
by the way. It's like a full paragraph that just like lists all of them. And most of them only exist to be red herrings. And I do kind of enjoy this because there's there's the obvious one where like we're supposed to not like um uh Zacharias, mm-hmm. not trust him. Uh we're not supposed to trust uh the loud one, Ernie McMillan. Um, and then there's the the one that is actually the the snitch is uh, the unnamed character. So like I was like that's kind of cute. Like that that's that's some classic airport novel style mixed misdirection. Sure, I'm into that, sure, yeah, I'll take honestly. it. I love that stuff. Yeah, I think that's cute. Um, I think that the silliest thing here is just everyone list everyone listing all the cool stuff Harry's done. I feel like there are parts of this where I feel like um, the vibe I get is Harry starting a cult. Every time, yeah. every time it says something like Hermione is telling Harry, uh, they just want to hear what you've got to say. Mm-hmm. I'm like, damn, what does he have to say? Yeah, what does he have to say? Also, I'm still so un sold on Hermione being the driving force behind this. It's because of activism. Oh, that's right. I just there's a there's a line here that I found very interesting where I I just I Hermione is such a weird character in this book. I I don't know what her politics are anymore. And like <laughs> that's not something I usually care about with characters in fantasy stories like that's that's whatever. It's just so explicit here. Uh where all of a sudden she's like kind of reactionary like we need to learn to defend ourselves, which I wouldn't disagree with if Voldemort had done anything in this book at all. Like we're really we're really back to my complaint from last week where it's like I sure wish that Voldemort had like burned down Bobaton or something so we could earnestly care about these characters feeling like they're not able to defend themselves right yes yeah nothing has happened she says hermione looked heartened well i thought it would be good if we well took matters into our own hands it sounds like she's proposing an assassination (laughs) like as the kill umbridge club that would be something if this was like if this was like harry potter heathers or something (laughs) it was like all the kids get together to like 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 kill the bully or like kill professor umbridge or something that sounds fucking great but it's not nothing's happened we have no reason for this hermione just seems like a crank yeah she's trying to start a cult i like i i know that we know that voldemort's back but like we just we're relying so hard on on us, the audience, having seen Cedric die, and I get it. Like that's like that's bad. Like I, that's a threat. Don't get me wrong, but like Voldemort has done nothing in this book that makes this seem like a reasonable response yet. The the idea that. Harry, really up until this point, and still even at the Triwizard Tournament, is the only one that's that's under immediate threat from Voldemort, like a, a demonstrable threat that we've seen. It seems 
like a little bit of a leap that they want to just make a club with all of these people that we don't know. I, I am surprised. Like, I don't understand why that the, the conclusion isn't okay. Harry, Ron and Hermione need to get together and learn spells. Like, what are all these other people? Like, what is, are they worried about an imminent attack on Hogwarts? Right. Like I said, like, like at least uh, if, if at least like another school or the ministry or, a village or a family if someone please somewhere had died in this book yet but but it but it, it, it nothing like that's happened and not only that we got two chapters which by the way i still on their own i think are good chapters but they are no longer serving this story very well of harry waiting around in the bushes paranoid listening to the news that something's going to happen and nothing's happened. The fact that nothing has happened is like a key point that is hammered in at the beginning of this book. So it makes this seem extra insane. It's it's very weird. I don't I I, 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 I just can't I can't get on board with these characters doing this yet. You're right. It's a very strange thing for Hermione to be doing. Yeah. It's 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 very weird. I, I don't get it. It is a cute scene, I guess. And like, oh, oh, I, I know. Um, I, I like that Angelina is there and the other Hufflepuff guy is there to make sure that it doesn't conflict with Quidditch. I thought that was funny. That is pretty like, funny. Like Angelina is here, and like I, I think you know she gets swayed by the end. She signs the paper, but like I, I love this. I, I don't even know if it's explicit, but I, I definitely picked up the vibe because it's the first thing that she says, uh, in the scene is that it can't conflict with Quidditch practice. I kind of like this idea that she's like kind of getting on Harry's ass here a little bit. That <laughs> seems that's kind of funny. Um, um, speaking of Quidditch, I know that yeah. we already know that Harry doesn't know everyone's name. Like he doesn't know yeah. Luna. Okay, she's a Ravenclaw <laughs> a year behind him. Why does he not know all the names of all of the people on the Quidditch team? The Quidditch team. Yeah, he's probably played against this guy. He's like, I don't know, some guy. Harry recognized vaguely as being a member of the Hufflepuff Quidditch team. What? <laughs> Are you kidding me? You've played against him multiple times, surely. If you recognize him, I guess, you know. I guess God. he hasn't really played that many games of Quidditch, like all things told. That's true. Like maybe eight total that we know about. I guess I, I really have an assumption that since this is a sports league that is running over the course of a school year, part of my brain just fills in that they, of course, would play more games and like and like scrimmages throughout yeah the year than than what we see yeah yeah it's one of those like you don't need thank god like you don't need to see every game thank god um but yeah i i would assume so and it's yeah harry harry needs to learn some damn names also i would like to talk about some arbitrary skepticism here sure nothing luna nothing luna says sounds crazy 
This is just a problem with this book in general. You can't make a character naming things Crumplehorn, Snorkax, and Heliopaths or whatever. You can't make them seem crazy when there are also creatures that are real called Blast-Ended Scroots and Nifflers <laughs> and Krups. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't buy this. I um, When I got to this part, I immediately went on the Harry Potter wiki because I was just like, surely... Surely there's going to be an army of heliopaths in book seven, right? Like, I was just like, that's got to be true, especially because mm -hmm. we get all those like crazy zombie guys. I was like, yeah. oh, maybe we see a heliopath. And I think the reason I thought that is I swear to God, I've read a fan fiction with heliopaths in them, like for real. Um, and so I was editing my memory and I was like, surely that's going to come up later. I, mm -hmm. It does not. That sucks because they sound awesome. Yeah, they sound uh, very scary. And honestly, a lot scarier than I think that the zombie things end up being. Yeah, the the Inferni. Yeah, uh, whatever. Yeah. The, the thing that I think is really weird about this is that the conversation here is Luna talking to hermione who is so paranoid about being killed in her sleep by voldemort that she has convinced her friend to start teaching gun class <laughs> uh and luna says uh fudge has a private army and hermione snaps back no he doesn't when i'm just sitting there going like <laughs> he does they're just not heliopaths but he he has the aurors yeah he's got cops He's got hit wizards. He does have a private army. He just tried to more or less. he just tried to kangaroo court Harry like a few chapters ago. <laughs> right? Yeah. This, this is not a leap. This is honestly not that crazy an idea. He has aurors and and hit wizards and like like you said the wizengamot. Like he is he is he's staffed up. He's like uh, besties with Lucius Malfoy. Yeah. Yeah, he could probably get Death Eaters to do a hit if if he if he really wanted to, which brings me to uh, uh, kind of something I want to talk about that's like semi related to this, which is just the I wish the ministry uh, uh, like stance on Voldemort was like scarier in in universe. Because it just makes them seem dumb right now, which doesn't really work for this political intrigue story. Yeah, I wish they had a private army. I mean, I guess they do. They've got cops. But I just like I wish that we had like three distinct factions with their own agendas happening. Here. Yeah, because that's like. That could work. The, the problem is that the denial of Voldemort's existence does not make any sense. Uh, it comes up here in the in the book, even that they they say like, oh, the the ministry says that Cedric died in an accident. Um, and we don't really get any more than that. And I'm so frustrated and confused by the complete lack of any detail in the story that helps us understand why people would be just okay with that explanation like oh it was an accident like what does that mean like there's no i i want i want the ministry version of like yeah cedric was killed by a weather balloon or something 
to pop up in this story. So we know that the ministry is not to be trusted rather than just making them seem like kind of stupid, I guess. Yeah, I, I think that it would really go a long way. I, I mean, I guess like we did get we did get the kangaroo court for something that was an incident completely unrelated. But I wish that we had some kind of concrete demonstration of the ministry doing anything. <laughs> right. Yeah. Doing anything malicious at all. Uh, you, you described to me a very cool idea that I, I would, if you would articulate on the air, I would love to hear again, because I thought it was a very good, uh, uh, like suggestion for how to make this plot make sense at all. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, uh, you know, we, we got to the part where it's like, okay, Cedric died in an accident. And that of course makes me think like, okay, like what, what is, what is the accident? Like, like if a child died at an international sporting event at a school i would think there would be like some sort of inquiry or something like harry would be interviewed or something and and the thing that kills me is that harry doesn't wonder about that right he's not like do they want to hear what i have to say it it like never comes up and i think Mm -hmm. that it would be really cool if if the ministry had a a concrete real thing that they said happened and and the one that i thought of is like okay cedric was bitten by that that spider at the end of the maze and he died and and we're not interviewing harry because we don't want to put him through that trauma again um and we could get like a scene when harry is at at the ministry for court where he sees Cedric's dad, like trying to do the, like the like classic crime thriller, like show me the toxicology report. Like it's yeah, like yeah. very sinister, uh, scary stuff. That's like obviously a cover up. So we see that they're doing anything. Yeah. Well, and there's the, there's, you know, you, you mentioned this too. Like there's even pieces in place to like flesh it out even more. Cause like we know that, um, McNair, is involved with both the ministry and the death eaters. They could have a show of him executing the, the Acromantula, like we had with the whole plot in prisoner of Azkaban, like just a nice callback to that kind of playing out again. And like uh, it, would, it would be so scary too. It's like all, the all that works yeah. to make Harry feel so helpless and so surrounded on all sides. And it also kind of does a good job of showing that like, you know, the ministry doesn't have to be on the side of Voldemort to be doing evil things for its own agenda, right? right. Like, or yeah. or that buying into Voldemort's agenda still benefits the ministry and they're willing to do that, right? Yeah, yeah. <sighs> there's 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 so much potential there for like a a real sense of um uh Harry not knowing who to trust anymore. And that would make this stuff make more sense too, I think. Yeah, and, and I mean it's just so weird to me that all of the intrigue, all that we're supposed to know or feel suspicious about the ministry, all that we know about Fudge's agenda is all delivered to us from character dialogue. And and by that, I mean, like, it's like serious, basically laying out what he thinks Fudge's deal is and what the ministry's deal is, right? Like, it's all exposition. It's all like, well, Fudge is paranoid that Dumbledore is creating an army, and so he won't do X, Y, and Z. And it just all feels right. so abstract and a hundred miles away from Harry or anything that should ever matter. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's 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 
it's almost like the the government intrigue plot here is relying so much on like the author assuming well of course the reader will distrust the government because that's all stories ever right and like it's sort of leaving it up to us to fill in the gaps but like that just doesn't work when the when like the action or lack of action from the government is supposed to be what is partially what is making harry so paranoid like it's directly affecting the character we need to see more of what it actually is that's being done it feels like a big missed opportunity real big um i'm so glad every time we we get into rewrite mode i'm so happy because <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad we were able to cast those shackles off and say no we 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 do want to rewrite we do parts want of the story absolutely we we do want to suggest uh fixes for this story yeah i just i just um it just feels like a huge missed opportunity to to make this thriller more thrilling you know yeah, like, this, this feels like a callback to um chamber of secrets a little bit where it's like all the pieces are in place and they aren't executed yes 100 percent. yeah that's a that's that's the same thing here there's all these there's all these things i like understand i'm like yeah these these are all good individual pieces of a mystery i'm just surprised they are not uh like fitting together in the way that you would almost naturally assume. Um, I would like yeah. to talk about a little bit more mm-hmm. because I know we went into kind of the, the skepticism about the heliopaths thing. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the other thing I wanted to talk about in that conversation is I think it is really, really, really weird or I guess mm-hmm. funny, interesting. Um, that Ginny is set apart from Luna as like the rational one that's there to like keep us on track. But also the way she gets their attention is by doing an umbrage impression. Yeah, she's so cool. She's so cool. She's so cool and funny. Yeah, I all I think all of the um Harry and girls stuff in this chapter is very it's it's funny because I don't think it's necessarily bad, but it is sort of revealing that like jk rowling writes uh um like romance in one way (laughs) which is that that one character thinks another character is cool and it makes their tummy feel funny and like that's the whole that's the (laughs) whole thing yeah yep that's pretty much it like there's 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 some cute like i i do like the way this chapter ends with um with like harry like or was it ron or hermione says like oh joe was was sure looking at you the whole time and he just sort of like wanders off into a daydream but like boy it sure is a nice day here in hogsmeade like that's funny i think that's kind of cute but like realizing that we're we're just getting the same one note romance again is so frustrating because like it's it's What's with the stomach stuff? Huh? <laughs> is that where is that where horny That's is? That's where horny is stored. Um well, actually, hello, I've ca- I'm calling back in. It's me, <laughs> JK Rowling. Wow. Um it's actually part of uh, uh physiology that as we know, pee is stored in the balls. Um so it naturally follows that cum is actually stored in the stomach. 
Uh, and that is why when Harry sees a, a pretty lady, his, his stomach uh, does a little flip. Uh, it's, it's science. And I would appreciate it if you would stop making fun of it. That's some really insightful stuff. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, uh, J.K. Rowling, for calling in again uh, <laughs> on this episode. Uh, a little weird that she's just able to get into the call uh, with no with no notice. But, uh, uh, you know, thanks for the insight, I suppose. I don't know if she's right about that, though. No, I'm not. I'm not sure if that's totally correct. Um, but I guess that's how it works in the Harry Potter universe. This is her, her, this is her world maybe, and she can do what she wants. This is her world. She can do what she wants. Maybe that'll be a plot point in Fantastic Beasts where, where Newt will discover that. Because he is, you know, Bio- he's a zoologist. Right, yeah. Hang on, a, hang on a second. Muggles. <laughs> Muggles think you have a thing called the bladder. But you know what? It's all in here. All the pee <laughs> is in your balls. I hate that so much. <laughs> <sighs> um, one more thing about girls. Yeah. Hermione gets to interpret girls this chapter. Oh, she sure does, huh? And Ron gets to be a psycho about girls too. It's, a, it's, it's some really it's all cool our stuff. Favorite things. Yeah, what's with Hermione uh, using her her brain on girls? I I'm not even sure she's friends with any girls. <laughs> no, we. Yeah, that's the thing with Hermione is is that we she is sort of like for the group of characters like the arbiter or arbiter of girl behavior, but we never see her interact with any of them. Yeah, like, I guess or with anyone. To be fair, we did have one mention of her hanging out with Ginny in this book. That's fair. That's true. She just doesn't she, hang she out knows... with like Lavender and her. There, I think there was another mention um, in in this book about her hanging out with the Gryffindor girls, but it was like with her arguing with them in defense of Harry. Ah. Uh... Which is like, which is like, I don't know, I don't know where that qualifies on the on the on the the Bechdel scale hmm. of uh, of well, she is talking to other girls about about a boy, but it is to be fair, it is about whether or not he is a crazy person. So maybe not. It, maybe, it is maybe to defend his honor. Yeah, I don't, I don't even, know. I don't it's a bummer. Bechdel's I, I just fucking like, whatever. It, it's just like yeah, it just I don't know why she has to be there to be the girl explainer yeah it's very goofy i also her explanation is just weird too like ah she's uh she is she is shacking up with with michael corner so now she can talk to harry it's like that is that really how that works is that how i don't think that's really how like crushes work i, I really or... kind of would have just thought it was because she was getting older right like she's not a child anymore she's not 11 <laughs> Yeah, she's not eleven, and she can process feelings in in more sophisticated ways than hiding under a table when she sees someone she likes. Like, like, could you imagine though if like, 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 would what if this was a, a, a different alternate timeline? We're we're going through the veil again, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and uh, and everything is the same. Harry calls the meeting. Everyone shows up. Uh, a fifteen-year-old Ginny walks into the room and immediately darts under the table for the whole meeting. And, th- and then Hermione wisely says, ah, well, Harry, she does have a crush on you. And it's too <laughs> bad that that Michael Corner boy doesn't like her back <laughs> either. So I guess this is just how she behaves as a, as a young adult. Yeah, she will behave this way until she moves, she moves on. 
as it is. That, that's just how that's just how people that's just, are. That's just how that's just how it works. Yeah, I, I I find that stuff very strange. Hermione is the feelings explainer, which is really counter to my understanding of her character, which which has been she kind of doesn't have a great handle on how to express feelings. Her character is completely off the rails. What is it? Well, yeah, what the, the she's a she's gone from like the the uber rational book smart uh uh teacher's pet to uh rash or to uh a reactionary therapist uh who wants to start a gun club that's called character development (laughs) (laughs) that's character development folks (laughs) sorry i don't make the rules yeah i don't it's true it's that's just how it works I guess the last thing I have to say, this isn't even even an analysis thing. This is just uh, I'm glad that Fred and George are back to being psycho uh, and are threatening people uh, with being stabbed in the ass. With <laughs> Wait, metal. what? How did I miss this? Yeah, it was, there's a part where there's a part where what is he? What does he say? <laughs> it's a vague threat. Uh, there, Zachariah Smith is asking them about. Um, uh, 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 you know whether Voldemort's really back. Uh, would you like us to clean out your ears for you? Inquired George, pulling out a long and lethal-looking metal instrument from inside what? one of the Zonko's bags, or any part of your body, really. We're not fussy where <laughs> we stick this, says Fred. Oh God, I'm not sure how I missed that. I mean, now that you're saying it, I remember it. But apparently, I just kind of was like, "Oh, Fred and George are back, back at it." What? What threatening-looking metal instrument do they sell at Zonko's? a good question zonko's is the joke store what are they (laughs) what are they they selling there it's just a prank just a prank just the just the stabbing zacharias in the ass with a metal tube prank i guess yeah gone sexual um yeah don't like him i have another weird thing that i in flipping back um to that friend george thing that i wanted to ask you about because i wrote a huge question mark in my in my notes here next to it Uh uh-huh and maybe this is stupid but there's this part where zacharias is being a being a real jerk and he says are you trying to weasel out of showing us any of this stuff said zacharias smith here's an idea said ron loudly before harry could speak why don't you shut your mouth perhaps the word weasel had affected ron particularly (laughs) strongly Yeah, what? what? <laughs> mm? I feel is like, that a thing? I feel like that's like a first draft thing. Like I know, I know his last name is Weasley. I know that Draco calls him a weasel, but Zachary Smith was just using weasel in a normal sentence. It, yeah, like using it I'm, completely normally. He didn't call yeah. Ron a weasel. I yeah, I did not. I I noticed that too, and I was kind of like. Mm. That's kind of a stretch, I think. Uh, that's because cause also like like it's Peeves that calls him uh, we little Weasley Weasel or whatever. I think mm-hmm. it's not even Draco. Um, oh yeah, you're right. I yeah, I think it's it's a Peeves thing, which I, Peeves' whole thing is like kind of being nonsensical i don't know if weasel is really a like a slur on the family name <laughs> of, of weasley 
you know like if it would be one thing if like lucius malfoy had like lorded over them and been like aha the weasels are here or something but like that's never really happened it's just kind of I, a weird one it's a very it's very nothing but it just kind of like took me out of my reading a little bit totally it's 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 a it's an odd it's so like far removed just because Zacharias isn't even talking to Ron. It's not like the word is italicized or something like he's emphasizing it. He's talking to Harry. I'm pretty sure Ron is just mad because he's being a dickhead. But also it's an odd observation for Harry's internal monologue to have. Like, oh, yeah. I bet Ron's mad because he said the word weasel. That's a weird one. Like, maybe maybe Harry is just, you know, mentally adding it to his arsenal of things to be a <laughs> dick about to Ron later. He's like, ah, thank you, Zacharias. I'm going to put this one in the old in the old back pocket for next time I want to want to argue with Ron. Yeah, probably. I did have one last one. Do you know who the witch in the veil is? Because I there is a scene where Harry notices her like shifting in her seat after he says something. And I can't remember if that's just a red herring or if it's an actual clue. Oh, I'm not sure. I don't think. I mean, maybe it is someone that's like a spy for Voldemort. It might. <sighs> Fuck. I, I feel like this meeting gets snitched on. Eventually, like somebody has overheard the meeting. I'm just going to look it up real quick because I want to know. Oh, ha, ha, I, uh, I, I looked it up and it's actually pretty funny. It's Mundungus. Oh, what's Mundungus Apparently. doing? He's, he's, he's watching, he's watching Harry for the order. Oh, that is funny. Yeah, that's cute. I like that. That's, that. okay. All right. Props for that one, JK. It's Mundungus. I'm, I'm good with that we one. We love Mundungus here. Daniel Craig. I guess I guess the clue there is that he is that the the witch in the veil is very short uh, and has a big nose. And we know that Mundungus is short. And has I, a big I think nose. I was just really kind of hoping that it was like a really cool witch. Yeah, that's yeah, that's also like the description is a cool the, like the floor length veil or whatever. It's like damn, that sounds badass. Yeah, you kind of have like to you kind of have to read into like badass stuff happening in the wizarding world since all the stuff we see is kind of lame <laughs> that it's just like, like I, right, I kind yeah. of i kind of want to grasp and, and hold on to like any possible badass stuff that's happening around you can't <laughs> invoke something as cool sounding as heliopaths in something like this you can't just tell <laughs> me that like oh those really cool like fire giants yeah those aren't real like oh thanks those aren't real you stupid stupid idiot well if there's nothing else, I think it's probably time for us to take a little break. Sounds good. this actually um this is a weird one it's too weird um i uh, it's pottermore folks uh, folks we're on our favorite website we're on our favorite website pottermore uh that has some news question mark? um i think it i guess i don't know when they posted it because it didn't 
didn't pop up for me in like their social media feed, but it was on their front page. Uh, and it is an article under their news tab called From Early Internet Trends to Virtual Reality, How the Wizarding World Keeps Innovating. And when I first saw this, I thought for sure it was going to be taken down within the hour. Not because it's like bad, right? Like it's not, mm -hmm. there's nothing like sensitive in here, but it reads like an internal document. It really reads like, yeah, like an internal pitch or document or something. It's so weird. So I thought we'd go through this. Um, I, I'm scrolling and I, I'm trying to figure out if we can make it through the whole thing because it's actually like pretty dense. Uh, but we'll touch on on kind of try to outline and, and talk about what is going on in here. Um, I'll just start with kind of the header on the page and it says, Games, websites, wands in the real world. Here's a look back at how the magic of Harry Potter and Fantastic Beasts has been brought to life with technology while taking a gaze into the future. Ooh. Harry sounds, Potter. Sounds so pitchy. It is. It sounds a little pitchy, doesn't it? Harry mm. Potter, the boy wizard, grew up in a cupboard under the stairs at Four Privet Drive, Little Winching. But the wizarding world grew up in the age of the internet, with the first book, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, being published at a time, 1997, when the World Wide Web was just on the cusp of becoming mainstream. While the books were attributed to making children's literature popular again, known colloquially as the Harry Potter effect. Is it? Is that? That is the first thing I saw <laughs> in this article where I was like, mm, hang on a minute. Is that really what it's known colloquially as? I'm not sure by who. And that's like also the part where I'm like, maybe internally? Like, is this, this feels like a marketing yeah. thing? It doesn't feel like it's for us. Um. Anyway, it wasn't long before the stories began to be discussed and dissected in a blossoming digital age. While the books reigned supreme, the Wizarding World's relationship with technology, both in how the fans use it to unite their love of the Wizarding World and how new creations from games to gadgets have been used to innovate and tell new stories, began to walk hand in hand too. With the recent announcement of Portkey Games, which gives the Wizarding World new dimensions, there has never been a better time to revisit the history of Harry Potter and the magic of technology. After all, which is faster, owl or email? I think I'm going to go with email. Probably email. I would say email. Email. Um, and the rest of the post is like a timeline of each of those like aspects. What do you think this is for? Just curious. <laughs> this is what is so weird about this because it, I mean, it, it, like it, it is a marketing document, but the, the paragraph that you just read almost touches on something I find fascinating. And it's something that like I have been trying to piece together to talk about for a while now, which is the, uh, the part where it says it wasn't long before the stories began to be discussed and dissected in a blossoming digital age. And when I got to this, when I was first reading this article, I was like, oh, is this going to like talk about um, like forums and stuff and like fan fiction and like because because that part's true. It's Harry Potter is probably responsible for a lot of the um, popular uh, like like awareness of that kind of thing. Right. Like like Harry Potter discussion online was massive. But then when you scroll down, all of it is just like products that they have put the harry potter name on it's very funny because there's this um 
part in the like the first bullet point that they have here is called the early years yeah and it says you know the wizarding world's embrace of the internet could arguably be traced back to the innovative interactive flash website created for jk rowling in 2004 um and then it also talks about the original launch of pottermore briefly um which is very funny because it has the line, um, the sorting experience, uh, where you get sorted into Hogwarts houses based on an algorithm written by J.K. Rowling herself. Wait, oh, I missed that before. How does that work? Does I feel JK like Ro- this is just a weird, maybe not what they meant. Like she wrote the quiz, maybe? That maybe algorithm? she wrote the algorithm. I mean, yeah, like I'm not trying to say, oh, J.K. Rowling could never write an algorithm for a website, but like uh, we've never heard anything about her being interested in that. That's kind of funny. Um, and it de- and this article does touch on um fan sites. Um, it says. But of course, official websites are only half the story. Uh, Harry Potter fans who had just finished the book started up their own websites and message boards, uh, spawning beloved fan sites such as MuggleNet, Snitch Seeker, and Leaky Cauldron, to name a few, along with podcasts. Hello. 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 Uh, <laughs> fan fiction sites and various other online offerings. MuggleNet contributors who ran the website even set up a live stream of the team reading the final book in real time, uniting the reactions of readers from all over the world. So it does mention that stuff. Uh, but wait, it's also- wait, 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 wait. What? What? Is that video up anywhere? Because I really want to <laughs> watch that. We'll have to we'll have to track that oh, down for fuck. our Deathly Hallows read. Yeah, that sounds crazy. Um, the other funny thing from this segment um, that I am raising an eyebrow at is um, uh, the Pottermore catch-up, which is since then Pottermore has created even more exciting experiential digital moments, such mm. as the Patronus experience, where fans navigated through an otherworldly forest, answering mysterious prompts to discover who their silvery animal garden garden lit guardian was with over 100 3d rendered patronuses created the launch of this particular interactive event set the internet alight no it didn't (laughs) it extremely did not there there are uh there are a dozen or so very funny videos that all have maybe 1200 views of the actors going through and sort of like condescendingly getting their patronus I don't think I've ever seen anyone ever post their Patronus thing. Like, I don't think anyone gave one iota of a shit about this feature. Um, uh, God, I told myself I wasn't going to read this entire article because it's so long. But I just keep like every single paragraph. I'm like, there is such an important detail here. Um, I'm wondering how this is like what your takeaway is going to be from this, because to me, it's a very ominous like part and it's the final, we're still talking about online. The communities that formed thanks to these websites helped shape shape a new type of fan culture that still exists today. A unique online community that could speculate about plot points and the gaps between books being published. 
Now the original fan sites live on, but online message boards have since transformed into social media. It's little wonder, for instance, that Harry Potter so frequently trends on Twitter <laughs> or that certain inspirational quotes, words, and phrases have fallen into common discourse. The generation who grew up on the message boards are now adults, and there's nothing adults love more than whiling away the hours on the internet. Uh, is that a hey, Pottermore? Is that a dig? Hello? Or what's what's going on here? <laughs> we have a podcast. We might like to while away our hours on the internet. <laughs> what's what's the big idea? We might like it when Harry Potter is a trending topic on Twitter. Yeah, this is a weird one to post right now, considering that most of the times Harry Potter has been trending recently on Twitter, it's been people going like, me, nothing, JK Rowling, Harry Potter was gay. And then they got 5,000 retweets off of that or yep, whatever. Yeah, that's the trend. That's that. That's kind of, that's a weird one to draw attention to in this article, I think. Uh, our next kind of bullet point is video games. Obviously, it, now, it does. This like, is what I live for. We love video games. It does a quick like overview of um, the adaptations from the like the original ones from the movie starting in 2001. Uh, there's a, you know, there was a Lego Lego games. Um, uh, da, 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 da. It's really just listing all of the games that were made. Um and then we get to the birth of Portkey Games, which is obviously kind of our new. There's something our, they left our new shit. <laughs> something they left out of the game thing here. What's that? Is that they have a new one? I thought for sure that this was going to like lead up to the announcement of that new. I I thought game. so too. I was I was sure of it, but then I was like, why would they announce this here? Um, do you think they're going to announce it at E3 this year? <sighs> I I was so certain that they were going to announce it at the VGAs last year. And mm -hmm. it would seem super weird for them to not announce it this year. Like at this point, it's gotta be like, I know that we've, we we're like just now starting to get like the rumors and I, actually it's not even rumors at this point wired announced the PS five. Um, so like maybe it's going to, maybe they delayed it cause it's going to be like a cross gen thing and they wanted to announce it closer to the announcements of the newer consoles. But it's weird mm. to me that leak has been out there for so long and the Harry Potter name has been like become a meme and been dragged through the mud for like six months now. And no one is out there going like release the fucking trailer. Oh my God, please someone make Harry Potter trend again for not dumb reasons. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah. Show us the game, please. It looks kind of good. It looks kind of looks like it could be kind of good. I've, I, it almost has felt like people were so excited about it, too. And like public opinion is even kind of turning on the game for some. I mean, I, I feel like people are really disillusioned with Harry Potter in general right now. Um, well, the, the thing is, the public opinion is like has already almost guaranteed that like at least my prediction that this this portkey games uh fucking um uh, wizards unite thing is just going to be dead on arrival i like, would think so i'll actually let, let's jump into this part because yeah. i want to see what they yeah, have let's to say do it. about it yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the next evolution of gaming good start hell and yeah what, and what promises to be one of the most exciting is portkey games the wizarding world's own dedicated games label created by warner brothers interactive entertainment uh so named because portkeys transport wizards and witches blah 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 um uh, on adventures um uh it kind of points out that 
the other adaptations, it's like the original PlayStation games, you had to be Harry, but we want to give you your own story. Uh, the first title released as a part of this dedicated label was Harry Potter Hogwarts Mystery. Um, so blah, blah, blah. Uh, the fruits of this founding philosophy um, about making players be able to interact and have their own stories uh, will be seen later this year with the incredible Harry Potter Wizards Unite, a new augmented reality mobile game that has been developed by Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment in co collaboration with Niantic, the company behind the international sensation Pokemon Go. You can read more about the gameplay here. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> This thing's gonna die. I, like, it was so sad when when Wizards Unite was, like, officially revealed or whatever, and there were, like, there were, like, ten posts in the, in, like, the main thread on the, on the Harry Potter subreddit. Like, it's, and also all of those posts were people going, like, where's the big, where's the real game? Where's the big one? I'm, it's so depressing. There, like, there is also an official subreddit for the game, but it mostly seems to be ingress diehards that are asking, like, hey, is this going to be, like, better ingress? Should I swap to this one? The executive director is quoted here. For, the executive director of product for Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment is quoted um, Mary Casey. And it's honestly so bizarre because it's, like... <laughs> It's acting like this is new. It's really weird. Was instrumental in creating this new style of game with her team. Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. Oh, the, the those that thing that has never existed before, an AR game. The the Pokemon Go reskin that it was a reskin of Ingress? Yikes. Yeah. It's all I, like blah 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 like marketing like we want you to have your own wizarding persona and step into the world. Yeah. Whatever. Then we got that Kano wand. Yep, there's a whole big long thing about motion sensor technology and using the the Kano wand and a quote from Alex Klein, the co-founder and CEO of Kano. Um, Harry's journey into the hidden world of magic, learning how it works and discovering new powers in himself mirrors the feeling in our world of discovering the mysterious rules that make technology work and then wielding them yourself. Um, Harry, learn how to code. <laughs> oh god if harry if harry potter was a story about <laughs> harry learning how to code ugh, oh ooh, ooh. uh i think you're thinking of um harry potter and the methods of rationality oh god damn it yeah oh, you're <laughs> right that does exist huh fuck oh yeah uh so that's all pretty boring some kind of uh google virtual reality app thing where you can look at around at newt's suitcase um and then we're at the final bullet point i'm sorry i rushed through all that stuff but it's this is so of... important though this is we this... i, I want to spend some time on this the, de the denouement here is uh is beautiful our final header the future from websites to theme parks with state-of-the-art rides to spellbinding gadgets to games to new digital advancements this surely is only the tip of the iceberg in what is to come in the future of wizarding world tech and digital innovation i have to say that tip of the iceberg is a weird a weird <laughs> turn of phrase to use here that's uh you know that's not good yeah. usually has a little bit of a negative connotation but i'll take it um in the past few years alone we've learned so much more about the wizarding world giving us more to think about and reimagine than ever before so what's next 
Well, the wizarding world continues to breathe life into our favorite books, films, characters, creatures, and locations in newer, fresher, and more pioneering forms than even our imaginations can muster. So in the words of Mr. Ollivander, we can certainly expect great things. (laughs) Terrible, but great. (laughs) It's just the tip of the iceberg. Um... Since we launched Pottermore in 2012, the digital landscape has evolved, and so so must we. We can't wait to tell you more about the next phase of our digital journey. And what follows is an infographic timeline titled Wizarding World Digital Innovations. This is so good. So (laughs) we have, like, the first thing is 1990, the beginnings of the World Wide Web. And it's, like, kind of in between 1990 and 94. Then in between 94 and 97, there's just the launch of the first PlayStation. Uh, Nothing specific about it, just that's when it came out. Uh, Dudley had one. Dudley, that's right. Dudley did have a PlayStation. He imported it uh, so he could play Jumping Flash. Uh, Then we have... But, you know, the first book, Chamber of Secrets, Prisoner of Azkaban, the first Harry Potter fan sites, uh, it says came in like 1999. I don't know if that's true. Surely there had been like, you know, maybe that's when MuggleNet launched, but surely like the day Harry Potter launched, someone made a Harry Potter fan site. Like, that's a weird, weird one to put a date on. Um and then it just sort of spirals out of control with like all the movie and game releases. It it lists every single thing. We've got the Bloomsbury Harry Potter website. We've got Pottermore. We've got all of the various Pottermore uh, 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 revisions. <laughs> There's the virtual webcast with JK Rowling <laughs> is on here. Um but really what I uh, I love the most is just the really the end of this thing when we get to 2019. <laughs> Would you like to describe what happens in 2019 according to this? Um, 2019. Uh, here we are. Um, I, I will, I'll say the last three things on the list. Wizarding World, new Wizarding World logo launches. Oh, fuck. Oh, the lo- <laughs> who, who can forget where they were in late 2018 when the new logo launched? Beautiful, a beautiful moment. I can remember because we were podcasting. And That's we were true. We were, about po- it. we were um, making fun of it on a podcast. <laughs> um, the next, obviously, Fantastic Beast, The Crimes of Grindelwald film opens. Mm-hmm. 2019, very beginning. Harry Potter Wizards Unite will launch later this year <laughs> and then getting smaller and fading into the distance. There are blank entries. Like, oh, I, I don't know I how to describe can't. it. Like they're just like floating off. Like who knows? Who knows what could be there? Who knows? I'm so, I want to thank them for this gift because after I'm done editing uh, the episode today, I will be photoshopping some stuff into those blank spaces. Like, it, like it is, it is just begging for it at this point. This um, post, I think, went out the same day as the announcement of when the Fantastic Beasts movie is going to be released. It got the 2021. Yeah. Why is that not on the chart? Y- yeah, that sure seems like something you'd want to put on here instead of like blank things leading into the distance also it just looks it doesn't look like um it's not like tantalizing 
the way that they've I've set this up of like <laughs> these these boxes fading into the distance, it looks like a sad march into oblivion. Like it's a little bit ominous. Is. It is, yeah. It's very ominous, though. Uh, but I just I've I don't know. The, my thinking is that this was cobbled together out of internal like PR stuff because no one's working at Pottermore anymore. Like like fuck I it. This We're not was a gonna... mistake. I was like, why did they post this? I it doesn't yeah. seem like I should be reading it. Yeah, like it's you know, it doesn't have like any leaked information in it. It's just kind of like it's internal it just feels like an internal email or something like or like a pitch to investors like news, or something an internal newsletter yeah i just don't know who it's for uh i'd like to it's, it's, i'd like to point out another um a couple more very funny things on the timeline um one yeah. of them being wizarding world snapchat channel launches uh, which oh, I did, did we miss out on that? Fuck. I'm sorry. I'm so scared of Snapchat. I will not. Yeah, use me too. It. I don't, so I don't, I'm I don't like, I, I don't know what the buttons do. Uh, I'm very old. <laughs> um, Fantastic Beasts Twitter emojis launch. <laughs> Fuck. I forgot about that. I forgot there are. I, okay, this is this is just me grousing about Twitter. I'm always annoyed when the um the like special emojis launch because you can only use them with the hashtag. Right. Which sucks. Yeah. Like I'm not I'm not gonna do your advertising for you. I just want to use the funny new pictures. Right. You can't uh, use you can't just use the Avengers A as no. an A. No, you can't. You have to you have to do hashtag endgame, which just nope, not gonna. If um, if you would let me spell something rude with your emojis, <laughs> I would use nope, them. But no, nope. Uh, Pokemon Go launching is also on this chart. <laughs> oh wait, I missed that. I guess it's, I guess it's very that's... small, and there's no picture that goes along with it. Um, there's another one. Um, the official Harry Potter quiz launches on Alexa skill. <laughs> Sorry, I just noticed another one which has also no picture and and no context. Google invites fans to cast a spell through smartphones. <laughs> That's very nice of them. <laughs> Thank you, Google. Thanks. Thanks for inviting me. I'm, I will cast a spell. I'll cast uh, uh, ASIO emojis without having to use a hashtag. <laughs> Yeah, so this article is really fucking weird. Is yeah, like it's it, it's it, it is marketing material, and like Pottermore is marketing material broadly, but like this just feels so much more um like outside of the site's usual voice, you know, like the site, like like you know, it's all it's all marketing, it's all there to make you buy and think about Harry Potter stuff, but it le it at least is like about the story and stuff generally, and like news whereas this is very confusing because i'm just like what what's going on here do they Ooh, think it's damage that... control because to that me was what I thought. this does more damage because this Christ. is the this is the an extended version of we are very confident in harry potter <laughs> absolutely yeah uh, but I, I think i i don't think that's an uh, a, a, a wrong observation i think that it probably did go up to just like look we need to get something to bump this release date thing off the front page uh or you know out of that top slot can you just please put something else up like it kind of has that vibe 
It, it's so weird. It, it uses a, such strange. a strange editorial voice. Like, like you said, like everything else on Pottermore does have a very specific voice, but this one does too, but it's different. And it all uses like we um, pronouns in there. Like we are excited for, which yeah. feels like a like marketing language, but it does so in such a way that I was expecting to get to the bottom and have it be like signed, right? Like by, a person oh, yeah like uh, like this is like, this, oh, is this is your the ceo of pottermore the quarterly Co- check-in like, signing from the CEO. On it. yeah yeah huh yeah i i don't know i um i i like i like it's clearly not a mistake which is what i thought it might be originally um and now it's just kind of a a, a weird a weird fucking uh advertisement i suppose bizarre i'm glad we could cover that though yeah i really wanted to talk about that it's a very funny piece of uh uh online uh marketing but uh speaking of online i would love it so much if we could go to our second favorite website uh, the harry potter subreddit that's right that's the, those are the two tabs i always have open pottermore harry potter subreddit i think i'm uh, about i think i'm about at the end of my rope you know we've been, <laughs> we've, been, we've been doing this for a while i went it i you know i went on to i knew we were recording today i went on to the subreddit the harry potter subreddit and i just and it's discussion week and there's just a thread <laughs> on the front page and it's ah! just dae stay neutral on snape and i just about died <laughs> i was just like i can't do this so we've been doing the show for about a year now, and we I feel like we have seen the subreddit go through an entire cycle. Like we've seen the four <laughs> seasons of the subreddit. Uh, we've seen we've seen them, you know, in content drought season. We have seen them in content release season. Uh-huh. Uh, we have seen them in drama mode. And we, I think we've basically seen uh at least one iteration of like every argument they are ever going to have on that forum yeah i agree um and and it's driving me crazy but i think that now would be a great time to introduce a new genre of post hell yes (laughs) this genre of post that uh you know them well they are the can we just take a minute to appreciate Uh (laughs) uh-huh um my favorite our favorite um and i thought that i I thought of this because i think it was a few weeks ago that um we did that great confession game where we um thought of our most hated character and then said something nice about them Mm -hmm. um and there aren't actually very many of these posts but i did want to go through them i just searched appreciation on the subreddit (laughs) and i have a few that i'd like to take us through um i will start with this which is probably my favorite so i'm kind of i'm kind of doing my favorite one first but it's just because i'm really excited um this one is called dumbledore power appreciation thread oh my And I'm not going to read the whole post because it's extremely long, but it starts with how powerful Dumbledore was is insane. In the wizarding world comes in two forms, skill and potency. For example, Hermione is a brilliant example of skill and Harry seems to have more potent magic. 
Dumbledore was the strongest in both categories. It's often said in the books he was almost unrivaled, one of the best of his generation. But if we look at the source material, I have to say it's wrong. He wasn't almost unrivaled or one of the best. He was the unrivaled best. Fuck yeah. So I was thinking maybe we could just have some some appreciation for Dumbledore's power. What are Dumbledore's powers? What have we seen him do? We have seen him, uh, he can clap his hands and make uh, the food appear. So he can tell his slaves to, to, to make the food go. Um, I think later in this book, we're going to see him do a Dragon Ball Z Kamehameha fight uh, uh, with, uh, with, with Voldemort mm-hmm. by, by pushing a, a beam back and forth. Um, very cool he 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 can he knows a strong bird when he sees one that's true he does uh he can he can apparate from hogwarts to london and then apparate back when he remembers (laughs) that actually it's probably a bad idea to leave when the sorcerer's stone is there Mm, yeah that's a good one those are some good powers i think yeah, I would say those are pretty good wizard powers. What do you think is Dumbledore's best power? I think that one of his really good powers is when he sends the sword in a hat. <laughs> That's his 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 greatest <laughs> contribution to Harry's struggle as a 12-year-old fighting a giant snake uh, <laughs> is sending a bird with a hat with a sword in it to maybe help him uh, not die and be eaten by a giant snake. I agree. That's a really good power that he has. Uh, hopefully that'll work. And it did they always this this is really highlighting to me that they this this series has constantly been talking about how uh, Dumbledore is the strongest and most powerful and most respected, but we've never really seen him do much. Like he doesn't he doesn't really use his powers. But and, and like I guess on the on, on the one hand, I'm not asking for like the Attack of the Clones thing where we finally see Yoda do a backflip. I don't know <laughs> if I need that from Dumbledore, but like something would be nice, right? I mean, he does conjure food. You did point that out. And uh, I mean, he's not he's not making food out of nothing, right? <laughs> no, he is. He is. He he certainly has power over the staff of the school and he can tell them to make the food and clap his hands and they'll they'll send it up. And do we know if that's his? Is that Dumbledore making that or ha- happen or is that um house elf magic that's like making the food transport? Do they make it and then and then it, it then Dumbledore uh uh like like moves it or do the do the house cells move it because we know they can move stuff with with their magic yeah i'm not really sure because i mean dobby uh i think it is described as a levitation spell that he does but i don't know if and obviously the food pops in at the feast so i have to assume it's the house elf magic it's like yeah i'm fuck that's that's when i okay can we go undercover and make ourselves an account on reddit and post this question <laughs> like who because this seems like it could cause quite a debate that's something we were in the middle of discussion week and i have not seen a single question that i've that has never been posed on this on the site before like it is all it is all snape is he good or bad it is all uh uh does anyone else think umbridge is scarier than voldemort uh, I, I hate to prove you wrong but the first 
the first post on the subreddit right now is if you use the deluminator, does the electric company still consider your electricity to be on? Fuck yes. Okay, so you know how <laughs> you were saying that we were like you were disillusioned with the subreddit? There is still uh-huh. beauty here. There is still beauty on this subreddit. You're right. I'm sorry. DAE stay neutral on sta- Snape almost broke me. <laughs> it's pretty bad, to be fair. That's a, <laughs> that's one hell of a post. But yeah, no, Dumbo. I do appreciate Dumbledore's power. It is. It seems to be immense. Uh, I have some more appreciation. Hell yeah. Uh, an important other appreciation thread, and it's called the Frank Bryce appreciation. Frank Bryce. Oh, Frank chapter. Yeah. <laughs> I, okay. Uh huh. I just reread the beginning of Goblet of Fire, and I'd forgotten how amazing Frank Bryce is. Not only is he a veteran who has put up with decades of being oh, he's a troop. He's a troop. Oh. Uh, but in his final moments with Voldemort and Pettigrew, he is brave, smart, and overall a badass. He sure he he stands up to the little skeleton man, I guess. Uh, but I don't know if I'd call him badass. He just sort of gets <laughs> immediately shot in the face with the gun spell. Uh, but you do you gotta respect the troops. And if Frank is a troop, then I guess we've got to stand up and sing the whole national anthem for him. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm actually like I didn't realize that he was a troop, and I feel bad that I didn't do that. Um, during Goblet of Fire, Voldemort killed a troop. Voldemort stole valor. That's the worst crime that you can do. I mean, like, there's a lot of talk about, like, whether or not, um, like, Grindelwald or Voldemort is worse. And it's like, well, Grindelwald may have killed a baby. Uh, Voldemort killed a troop. Okay, folks. but here, consider this, though. Grindelwald uh, killed Aurors and Blue Lives Matter. Oh, so, you're right. So it's really up in the air. Who Who what, is the bigger villain here? What a tangled web we weave. <laughs> Oh fuck! Voldemort, um, Voldemort killed troops. Grindle, Grindelwald made a <laughs> bunch of orders with Punisher stickers on their brooms. Die! Oh, who can say? Uh, someone in the comments says, "I want to see him in the next Fantastic Beasts movie somehow." No. Oh my god, is he gonna be in World War Two? Fuck! Oh my god, can you imagine? <laughs> yes, I can. Newt Scamander on the front lines or whatever. He's fucking there. There's a there's a Zubat that he's trying to rescue. It's on the field. And he <laughs> runs into a into an embankment, and there's a unit there, and there's and there's Channing Tatum. He's doing a bad English accent, and he says, "It's uh, it's me, Frank. I'm Sergeant Frank. Frank. Sergeant Frank is here, and he leads a heroic charge <laughs> over the hill. Fuck, that'd be so good. Mmm, sure would. Yum yum. That'd be so good. Um, <laughs> uh, this next post came up in my my search of appreciation, although it's not technically an appreciation post but i liked mm-hmm. it too much that i had to include it okay. um also it gets honorable mention because shower thought is in the subject oh fuck. Um, <laughs> uh shower thought we hp nerds should have some sort of hand signal to signify that we're harry potter nuts <laughs> it's the jerk off motion <laughs> um, the text is also very funny um i saw a car just now with the deathly hallows symbol i think that might be the the way you yeah, do that it. is that uh, is the <laughs> 
And I wanted to show them my appreciation for the books, but I was in the middle of town and felt that honking might be a bit obnoxious and they might think I'm angry at their rubbish driving skills. I'd love to be able to share that I'm a fellow Potter nut with a simple hand signal. Is there such a thing? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just a man. Here's, here's the solution to this problem. And it's, it's, it's you gotta, you gotta get a custom horn for your car. That's... <laughs> That's the the Harry Potter themes, the Hedwig Hedwig's theme. theme, yeah. Oh my god! Uh, that, yeah, what kind of are there any like hand signals in the book? There are some. Mm-hmm. There there are some suggestions in the comments. Uh, the oh. top one is swish and flick, um, which I think that's just the jerk off motion. That's the jerk off motion. Um, the other suggestion is maybe tracing a lightning bolt in the air with your finger. <clears throat> Ah, normally when there's a hand gesture that signifies that you're a fan, it's, you know, it's like the Star Trek one because that's one in the show that you can do, and you're like, yeah, I can do the Vulcan V as well. Cool. I don't know if this really works. Here's my suggestion: is that they should have honked. Someone else suggested, how about making a motion on the forehead, like sliding a finger on the left side of the forehead, which sounds really threatening. Yeah, that like, that, that... like I don't know what the threat is but it's like if someone did that to me i'd be like are you threatening me with it's something that or or easily mistakable for like a like a cuckoo like oh you're crazy like like swir- you know finger swirl thing right i don't, I don't yeah, know about that that seems a little rude uh so yeah i hand signal like i said you just you just you you see them and you, you start doing the little jerk off motion and then you say expecto patronum and you you release that's how you do it on the yep, upswing that's, that's that's the signal <laughs> i have one more for you before we wrap up Ooh, please um <laughs> i don't know how to explain this topic because they they uh, i'll see if it reads okay we've just found colon albus severus appreciation society asas for short <laughs> excuse me <laughs> I think by found they mean like started. Oh, we founded a okay. Right, but they didn't they didn't oh. uh, conjugate that quite right. Right. Okay. All right. All right. They founded the ass club. Yep. Um so too many people hate all names Harry and Ginny gave to their kids, especially Albus Severus. So uh, username here and different username and me decided to create a club for those who actually like those names i know we are few but who are with us just join us to the club where names are loved (laughs) that's so beautiful i hope they found i hope they found some people to join the ass club is there are there any takers with the name albus severus you know I, I, i don't care I don't, I, don't think the, I don't think the name is really the problem with Cursed Child. Uh, that's that's like the least of the... I mean, I think it's kind of silly. I think that the assertion that Snape is one of the bravest men that Harry ever knew is funny. That, that seems like a, like a stretch, but yeah, Severus is a cool name. Albus is a cool name. Why not two cool names? Um, I think that there, there are three replies to this post that are like positive, and mm-hmm. the original poster has... Welcome to each person to this club. So <laughs> that's beautiful. At this point, at this point, it looks like there's one, two, three, four, five, six members of the ASAS 
Albus Severus Appreciation Society. I love that. I that's wholesome. I hope that they have a good time discussing how much they like those names uh in the wake of their adversity. I agree. I I think that's that's wonderful. <laughs> that's beautiful. I mean, to be fair, that's like the one positive thing thread about Cursed Child I've ever seen, and I think it's cute that it's bringing people together in that sense. It feels very focused on the name specifically, yeah, that's, but that's, that's all right. A, feel like that's a difficult like what are the club um does, does it say anything about like what the club's for or like what it does like like do they have meetings it's do where they... it's where all names are left okay yeah sure good good <laughs> club they get they get together each week and they say i love names well here's a i brought 10 names that i like this week uh that's george uh uh cheryl um cheryl, Jim, love that name uh hmm. uh uh carl sure a classic uh, d- uh dante mm, very cool virgil uh evocative uh, uh pl- plato wise um uh <laughs> salmond unique <laughs> this has been a first meeting of the club. Um, this is well, we're kind of taking their bit. I don't. I don't want to no, muscle in on their club. No, no, no. This is like the the street cast um chapter of the club. We're starting okay. our own chapter. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Rudiger. Um. Distinguished. D- Dracula. Sexy. Uh. I'm out. I'm out. That's those are all the names. I'm out of descriptive words as well. Out of names. I'm out of names. I'll I'll bring. I'll bring some to the next meeting of the club. But those are the ones that I. Those are the ones that I brought. Yeah. Um. Adjourning this meeting. Um. With the Harry Potter (laughs) signal, we all know and love the jerk off motion. (laughs) Jerk off motion. Thank you, everyone, for the names, (laughs) and we'll see you later. Um. Fuck. I wish that. Unfortunately, this is this is not a video segment because that was perfectly timed so we have adjourned the meeting of the of the name appreciations club um i'm gonna take it to the appreciation club of hot mcgonagall by cheshire moon that's our theme song you can check them out on Bandcamp. huge thanks to them as always for letting us use that as our theme song uh you can check us out on patreon as always we have so many good bonus episodes we read maybe the worst and scariest imagines <laughs> that we have read thus far on the show this week it's definitely worth your money to hear that please check it out we have such a good time recording that and uh liz what are we recording what are we what are we reading this week i lo- i i hmm i nearly botched that one what are we reading this week uh we're reading chapter 17 which is called educational decree number 24 okay i i realized that before a little inside baseball here before we went to break you did ask me uh hey can you look and see uh how how long (laughs) these chapters are and we could talk about that and i forgot to do that well i did do that but i forgot to uh tell you that i agree that one chapter is probably enough because two of them would be like 70 pages this week yeah that's i'm just trying to rush ahead because chapter 18 has a delightful chapter illustration of dobby oh does it i didn't i didn't notice that fuck well yeah we should still only do yeah Yeah. we should still only do one because they're both quite long they're both about 30 pages um so yeah so i'm looking forward to that 
Uh, I'm also looking forward to killing Umbridge and number seven out of a hundred ways. What did mm-hmm. you say? Uh, this week, the way to kill her is smash her over the head with one of her kitten plates. Uh, I mm, I don't know. I don't know about that one. I don't think that would kill her. It's very violent, and that's like, you know, big ouch for sure. Yeah, I would not like to be smashed over the head with a plate. Uh, but it's not, I don't think that I'm would kill her. I'm not saying it's like impossible to die. Like, I, I think that that's like the thing is like, you can die in a lot of kinds of accidents, right? Yeah. It's definitely not a guarantee, though. No. Uh, the, the comments here are kind of in agreement with us. Mm. Um, uh, Cheryl Nutria says, I think she would not die. Uh, and then comments again and says, you have to hit her twice. Oh, uh, that'll do it. That'll that'll finish the job. And then F- Flute Piano says, but the poor kitties. Meh, she's dead. Who cares? <laughs> I like the idea that like the first hit won't kill her, uh, but the second one will, which is evocative of like an HP bar. Yeah, that's, you have to do a finisher. You can't, right. you can't, yeah. You, also, I think if you, you'd have to get at least two plates for that, I think. you If you you couldn't, it, it, after you've smashed one plate, you need to go for another one. You can't, you can't just smash the one with the same plate twice. That doesn't work. No, plate definitely cannot. Well, that's, that's a very uh, interesting uh, scene to ruminate on, to ponder, perhaps. But, uh, you know, if you find yourself with some free time and you're like, hmm, I remember Umbridge, that's from a book I could read. Please read another book. Please read another book.